Hey, Matt, I got a trade idea for you. You ready? I'm listening. All right, here we go. The Los Angeles, not Los Angeles Raiders, the Oakland, uh, no, 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 the Las Vegas Raiders want to make an impact this year. Everybody's talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady this, Tom Brady that. Derek Carr seems to be on the way out. I've got an offer for you. Here it is. Number 12 overall, number 19 overall, number 106 overall from Jacksonville via a David Carr, not David, Derek Carr trade. And then the number one, uh, the Raiders' number one pick in 2021 for Cincinnati's number one overall pick. And then they decide whether they take Joe Burrow or Tua. Yes or no? I say yes. I think the opportunity to collect that many draft picks where, first of all, we're talking about draft picks next year. Hey, I could have a chance of getting, you know, there's Trevor Lawrence, there's Justin Fields. That's exciting in itself. I want to build a foundation, and that's the only way I'm giving up the number one overall pick. So with that package and with this draft class, which I love, as much as I love Joe Burrow, even with those tiny hands, (laughs) that's a big offer, and I'm willing to accept it. Very nice. Hey, welcome to Reckless Speculation. It's TC, everybody. How you doing? Joining me today is Matt Johnson, one of the editors of SportsNot.com, the little engine that could on the internet. We've been around six years, I think, and binge, uh, and not binge kill. Uh, NFL Reckless Speculation is uh, a part of the uh, podcast uh, show network over at SportsNot. You can follow Matt at Matt. J underscore sports on Twitter if you're interested. Matt, you, you got to find a better Twitter handle than having an underscore in it, dude. Come on. I do, I do. You know, I was young. I was foolish. I followed the underscore trend, and I have to pick a new one. Yeah, you can you can find something a little sexier, I think. So Okay, so getting back to our trade offer, is that too much for the Raiders? Do the Raiders say no to this trade offer? Or... You know- You know, I think for some organizations, it would be, you know, if you're, if you're a team like the Los Angeles Chargers in a similar situation, that would be too much, but you're the Raiders. You need something to draw the fans even more on Las Vegas. You need something to get everyone excited. And you know, Mike Mayock, he already proved that he can make the most of his draft picks. He had draft picks last year. I think to get a guy like Joe Burrow, bring him into Las Vegas where he would have a lot of fun. The foundation is in place for him to be successful. It would take, it would take some contemplation. Mike Mayark might go back and forth on it, but I think ultimately it would be something where he decides, you know what? I have to pull the trigger on that because getting a talent like Joe Burrow, who we saw what he did at LSU, it was something we like, we've never seen before and putting him on the NFL stage in Las Vegas despite the cost, is a gamble you have to take to get your guy. And we know John Gruden loves to get his guy. So that's what we see here. And I, th- I think they'd go for it. Mm. Okay, cool. So now I'm only getting I, – I, I did the math, and I came up with Jacksonville as a possible target for Derek Carr. It is Derek Carr, right? I always get the David and, yes. David and Derek mixed up. So I came up with Jacksonville, and I only came up with a fourth-round pick just because everybody knows kind of if 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 uh, the Raiders went out and got another quarterback or got Joe Burrow, they need to get rid of Derek Carr at that point. They need to get that salary off the books. You're not going to get a lot in my mind. I was thinking a third-round pick initially, and now I'm thinking a fourth-round pick, even though Derek Carr may be a competent NFL quarterback. It's just... 
I mean, people know that, well, I think the hard cap cost, they could release them, right? And I, I think there, it's only it's like $7.2 million, I think I looked it up. So it's really not that big of a deal to just just uh, dump out a D- uh, Derek Carr, is it? Yeah, you know, I think, and you mentioned with the draft picks, it's like, sure, they could get something nice for them. But at the same time, once everyone knows you're selling something, they're going to lower their offers. So if you get a fourth round pick, maybe, maybe you get a late third round pick. That's going to be your best case scenario. And at that point, if it's that, or, you know, cutting them for cap space, take the draft pick you can get and, you know, go for Joe Burrow or Tom Brady. Can you imagine if the, if the Raiders say in the next, uh, after free agency, say in the next month, um, traded for that number one overall pick and the the draft is in Vegas this year. Can you can you imagine all of the hype that the Raiders would get? That would be that would be such monument I mean they're all they're all they're they're all what am I trying to say? They're they're gonna get a lot of hype anyways, but it would just go from like, you know, ten in spinal tap to eleven in spinal tap if they had the number one pick and the draft is in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about there's been so much frenzy over Tom Brady's free agency, but once that ends, the NFL is going to need a new storyline. And oh my goodness, if you have the Las Vegas Raiders making their first pick in Las Vegas, the draft is in the city where everything happens. No one will forget, and they're going to make the number one pick. That is, oh, the NFL would just love that so much. It would it would be the talk of the town. It would be the talk of the league. It would be the talk of the country. And that's something that everyone would benefit from. And really, the NFL could use more of that excitement. Yeah, there you go. And it puts a staple on Vegas. They haven't announced a Super Bowl yet for Vegas, but I'm assuming that's coming in probably, what, 2025, I believe, is the first opportunity now. Um, so, but yeah, so it, it, it that should be that should be really cool. Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM, with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Hey, if you're digging on the show and you want to follow us on all of the sexy uh, podcasting platforms, you can follow us on, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, also on Apple, and also on uh, Google via your Android uh, phone. So we'd appreciate it if you're digging on it. Now, I have a fallback trade offer in case Cincinnati's like, no, not going to do it. We're taking Joey Burrow because there's no guarantee that we're going to have the number one pick next year and there's no guarantee that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one pick you never know what happens it's another year and there could be an injury there could be you know he could he could start to stink you know he could as you would say he could become Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel in his final year or something you know 
Not to pick yeah, on right. little Tim Tebow and little Johnny uh, Football by any means, but you know, come on. They're, they're who they are. So here's my fallback offer. The Raiders still want to make an impact. So here's the offer. Number 12 overall, they hold on to number 19 overall. They offer up number 80 and 81, which is, I think, their pick and the Bears' picks, uh, part of, I think, the Khalil Mack trade, uh, one of them was. So 12, 80, 81, the 106 from Jacksonville via, uh, via the Derek Carr trade, and then their number one pick in 2021, for Washington's number one overall, figuring that they if they if they're not going to get Joe at number one, they're going to get Tua at number two. Who says no to that deal? You know, I think I think we're in a rare position where Washington and this is this is not typical. Well, they'd love to trade down, but I think we're talking about a new regime with Ron Rivera where he really wants to build that defensive side of the football. He wants that impact build around guy. And Chase Young is that guy, generational talent. And, you know, there were, was word out today that Chase Young didn't just do well in his interviews. He blew teams away. You know, there was speculation, oh, Washington could take quarterback at number two. Well, clearly after talking to Chase Young, that's no longer a consideration. So I think unless they got overwhelmed by an offer or you were a team like Miami or Carolina and they could move back a few spots to still get a guy like Isaiah Simmons, I think Washington would probably stay put. Hmm. So they're going to turn down that offer, huh? Okay. Yeah. Eh, I get it. They're moving down 12. They're, they're, I guess they'd be moving down 10 spots. They're getting two threes. They're getting a four, and they're getting a number one pick. I know, I know, I know it's less. I was trying to make it work for the Raiders, and I just that's kind of the best offer I could come up with because I feel that they can't offer the same offer that they would for number one in some ways, just because. Yeah, I don't know, but what, what if what if it was the same offer? What if it was twelve, nineteen, one hundred six, and a number one in twenty twenty one for the number two pick? Do you think Washington would say yes then? I think in that case, Washington forgets who Chase Young is <laughs> and they say, you know what, we'll do it because there's enough talent in the top 20 where Ron Rivera, we know you wanted Chase Young. We, you know, he can even throw the football a little bit as we saw this week, but there's enough defensive talent in this first round. Hey, we could even trade Trent Williams, get more draft picks where we'll have enough in place to build a foundation surround Dwayne Haskins who they still believe in despite reports previous that they can build that foundation and strengthen themselves for the future and give Ron Rivera a defense that he will fall in love with and who knows if they do all that we might not be talking about a contender next season but we might be talking about a seven win team that people are less saying hey this is a this is a team on the rise this is a team that people need to watch out for going forward Am I undervaluing Derek Carr? There's rumors that uh, Cincinnati could get a number two pick, which I don't think they'd get for Andy Dalton. Who's a better quarterback, Andy Dalton or Derek Carr in your mind? I would rather have Derek Carr, even though, you know, Dalton's contract is cheap. I would rather go with Derek Carr because I feel like I'm getting more with him. I feel like there's more upside. We've seen the best of Andy Dalton, and the best of Andy Dalton was fine. And if I'm going to be trading for a quarterback, even if it's a third-round pick, 
I'd at least like to know I'm getting a potential Pro Bowl caliber player, someone who can, you know, throw deep, someone who can make big plays. And I see more of that from Derek Carr than Andy Dalton at this point. I'm sorry, Andy. I know the Bengals hurt you this season by benching you on your birthday. I don't mean to let you down further, but you're just you're not on Derek Carr's level. I'm sorry, buddy. Andy Dalton made it to the playoffs, though. Do you, do you think that was more of a byproduct of Marvin Lewis's defense, or? I think it was a combination of, you know, the AFC being a little bit weaker at that point. It was the peak of Andy Dalton's career, but this was also a team that, you know, once they made the playoffs, it became obvious that, well, they're going to be one and done. That's just, that's the way it was. And now Andy Dalton's older, you know, his arm isn't as strong. He's got a little bit of athleticism, but not what he used to be. So now it's like, well, he's fine, but I want better than that. Yeah, so so that's kind of delusions of grandeur that somebody's thinking that Andy Dalton's going to get a number two pick, right? Cincinnati, you know, I wasn't aware that uh, the weed was legalized in Ohio, but <laughs> it must be if they're hoping for a second round pick. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, say, uh, one of the things we wanted to talk about on today's show is that Sportsnot has a brand new mock draft up. Uh, so you can head on over to sportsnot.com. That's uh, sports and then N-A-U-T.com. If you're not familiar with the site, it's a very uh, sexy little site out there on the interwebs of love. And we've got a brand new mock draft that you can find on the homepage. And uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, today. I want to give get a little deeper into the draft uh, because... When I was when I talked to Vincent uh, a couple of weeks ago about the mock draft, we made it to number eight. And I want to kind of get down into the second tier, and there's no better place to start than with the Dallas Cowboys at 17. So let, let's talk a little bit about uh, who we've got, and I want to get your opinion on. Uh, on where things stand, because obviously the NFL Combine just happened. We had players shoot up our draft board like Isaiah Simmons, and we had players drop substantially, including uh, you have the Cowboys selecting Jerry Judy uh, out of Alabama, the wide receiver, at 17. Uh, Tell me why Jerry Judy has fallen and uh, why he makes sense in Dallas. Yes, you know, the NFL Combine, people were really thinking, hey, Judy could run a 4-3-40. He might be as fast as Henry Ruggs. That didn't happen. And really, it's a situation where, you know, he has more game speed than straight line speed. And it it pushed his value down a bit. I mean, you know, we saw people were talking about him as top 10 pick, but now he's going at 17 to the Cowboys. And some might be saying, I mean, why do the Cowboys need Jerry Judy? They they could re-sign Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup looked pretty impressive last year. They could even re-sign Randall Cobb. That's true. There's some valid points there. But when you look at teams, even going back, the greatest show on turf, you look at these modern teams, you look at teams of the past that had so much success, they had two dominant receivers. You could even have three dominant receivers. Jerry Judy is a player who can still be a number one receiver for half of the teams in the NFL. On the Cowboys, he'll be their number two receiver alongside Amari Cooper. And you're talking about a supporting cast that just the passing game alone would be one of the best in the NFL. 
They have a dominant offensive line to protect Dak Prescott. He's going to have all the time in the world to throw. He's going to have playmakers all over the field. They can even add a tight end. This is going to be an exciting passing game, and we haven't even gotten to the running game yet with Ezekiel Elliott, who loves to catch the football, who's a hard-nosed runner who can rack up 100 yards a game with ease. This is an offense that is seemingly unstoppable. And so, sure, you could address the defense, but a chance to add a player like Jerry Judy and put him in that offense, we're talking about a chance for Dak Prescott to be an MVP caliber quarterback. We're talking about Mike McCarthy bringing out even more in this offense and taking advantage of the weapons he has. And this could realistically make people start saying, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, not just a contender for the division, they might be a Super Bowl contender in 2020 if they add Jerry Judy. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. And let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. Hey, we're hanging out with Matt Johnson on... On on NFL reckless speculation, I had a I had a brain fart there. Uh, you know, I couldn't brain. I guess I had, as a as a guy I used to know, he said I had farts in my head at that point. So yeah, so that happens to the best of us, and and I'm certainly not the best of us. So hey, if you're digging on the show and you want to um, you want to follow Matt and love his insights, you can follow him at uh, Matt J underscore Sports on Twitter. I am on Twitter as well. God help me. It's uh, Hey TC, as in, hey, how you doing, buddy boy? And TC, as in, well, you can make up your own things there. Total crap, somebody once told me. Does total crap, TC stand for total crap? No, it doesn't stand for total crap. It actually stands for Twin Cities because I'm a Minnesota boy. And I can talk, you know, like uh, I got a good... Uh, I got a good Minnesota accent. You know, I went out to the backyard and I saw I got to have some toast. Oh, that's when I usually have my toast is out in the backyard. So yeah, so you got and of course Sports Not is on Twitter. You can follow Sports Not on any major social media uh, platform, including uh, Twitter, which is uh, at Sports Not Well, you don't put the dot com in the Twitter, but you know everybody knows how to use Twitter except those of us who uh, avoid it. So. All right, let's talk a little bit about since we're in the NFL uh, NFC East. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles because I know in our uh, uh, mock draft that just went up at pick twenty one, 
We've got the Eagles taking Justin Jefferson, a wide receiver out of LSU. And it's my belief that Carson Wentz needs a big-time wide receiver. However, I am totally against the Eagles taking a wide receiver here. I think they're better off trading for a wide receiver or they're better off uh, signing a wide receiver in free agency. Why am I wrong about Justin Jefferson and wide receivers in general? Because there's so many number one, or there's so many first round wide receivers that are busts. And unless this is John Jefferson's grandson, former San Diego Charger, great John Jefferson, I I would avoid a wide receiver in the first round. You got to get Carson Wentz some receivers, but don't do it in the first round of the NFL draft. You know, it's it's a fair argument. I'll give you this. This is a loaded wide receiver class. You can get guys in the second round and the third round who can make an impact. In free agency, you can find speed surge, deep threats that this offense desperately needs. But let me tell you something. Justin Jefferson, you want to know why Joe Burrow was so successful at LSU? Look at guys like Justin Jefferson. This is a physical receiver who can go up and get the football. He has some of that Alshon Jeffrey to his game where, you know, physical 50-50 balls. You want to throw it up there 20 yards down the field. He'll go up and get it. He'll beat the defensive back and he'll take it. But he's more than just that. He's got some serious speed. People were surprised at the NFL combine. They thought he'd be pretty slow, 4-5 range. He was far faster than that. He's got that deep speed. He can do the intermediate short routes. He can get you first downs. Whatever you want him to do, Justin Jefferson can accomplish that. There's a reason he was one of Joe Burrow's favorite receivers. Because when he needed a big play, Justin Jefferson was that man. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, well, you know, they could have plenty of options available later on. Getting a guy like this, I tell you what, man, that that would be pretty exciting. And you would make Carson Wentz so very, very, very happy. And, you know, he hasn't had the type of receivers that have made him happy in a while. So Justin Jefferson would change that. I need a fun. You didn't sell me. Uh, no, no sale, buddy boy. I'm still not taking. I, I, I love LSU players. Jefferson, you're right. Incredible this, this past year, but I, I I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait until the second round. Maybe he falls into the second round. Maybe then I can trade up for him. Maybe at that point he's got a chip on his shoulder. But first-round wide receivers, first wide receivers in general become the biggest divas in sports and outside of NBA players, of course. Uh, NBA players, they got it, you know. I mean, but I, I get that, uh, you know, they're, they're it's showtime. Literally, it is showtime in the NBA. The NBA is, you know, while the season is too long, the playoffs are too long, it is it – is, the best sport going on and off the court uh, when it's when it's really good, especially in, you know when you get to the finals and stuff. But uh, I don't know about wide receivers; they're just they just scare the hell out of me. So no sale. I'm taking uh, I'm taking offensive line help or trading trading up or trading down, and I'll take a wide receiver in the second or third round because you said it's a deep draft. It is. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, let's go south now, and let's go to uh, pick number 26, which is actually the Miami Dolphins, and that's from the uh, Houston Texans. In the uh, who, what, what, what trade was that again? That was the... Um... That was the Laramie Tunzel deal. That's right, that's right, yes. Uh, Laramie Tunzel, offensive uh, lineman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and now you've got uh, Josh Go- Jones 
out of Houston, ironically, going to, uh, is that right? He plays, he played in Houston. Uh, yep. Okay. The Cougars. Um, you, yeah. you have Josh Jones going to the dolphins and, uh, a lot of offensive tackles. I know we talked about this last time. Uh, offensive tackles are very valuable, but they also, once you kind of get past that first tier, it's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, it, they're not always that good. So tell me why Josh Jones uh, going to Miami at 26 would be a, a good decision by them. You know, you're exactly right. And, you know, we talked last on Monday about the tiers of this offensive line class. So there's some great ones at the top. You get to that 25 below range, 26 in this case for Miami, you're going to have to take a gamble. Josh Jones, he is not a finished product. This is not a guy who you can say, okay, he can start immediately. I trust him to be dependable at week one. But we're thinking about upside here. Miami's not going to contend immediately. They need to think about the long-term future. They need to build a core. They need a pillar at left tackle. Josh Jones, three years from now, we could be talking about how, why wasn't he a top five pick? He's got insane length. He's got athleticism. He's got raw power that can just, when he punches people, it's, it makes them step back and sometimes fall over because they just, they're not expecting it. Now he's got to learn his technique. He's got to learn where to place his hands. He needs that NFL coaching badly. But in terms of building this foundation for Miami, you know, when you're building a house, you got to, you got to get the frames right. And for that to happen, for Miami to be successful, to protect, whether it's Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert, they need that pillar at left tackle. And Josh Jones can be that guy. It's a gamble, but, you know, sometimes to protect your franchise, you have to take a gamble. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. You don't really have to talk me into an offensive lineman. It's a sale there. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that uh, as far as uh, the Dolphins taking. And so they have two first round picks, right? They have uh, what number five overall? Is that correct? And then number twenty six. Yeah, they have they have those, and then they also have lucky number eighteen from the Pittsburgh Steelers as a result of the Minka Fitzpatrick deal. Oh, well. so do you think there's any chance? So let's circle back around. And forget about the Raiders. What about if the Dolphins put together a trade offer? Would they have to offer? Could the, would the Dolphins be crazy to move up four spots and trade all three of their first-round picks? I think the possibility exists, but I think they would be far better off staying at number five, keeping number 18, and keeping pick 26. Because you're talking about a situation of okay, I could have Mr. Joe Burrow or I could have Tua Tagovailoa. I could add a top safety in Grant Delpit and I could add Josh Jones to my offensive line. I'm going to have a playmaker in my secondary to improve my defense, which I need. I already have a great... I just drafted a franchise quarterback who I believe can lead my team for the next 10 years and I have an offensive line to protect him. Now, if I trade up for Joe Burrow, sure, I have some second-round picks, but I'm going to have to use those on a safety and an offensive tackle. And instead, by keeping where I am, I can address so many different needs. I can really build a team that is deep on the offensive line, that has playmakers, that has stud defenders that I can rely on, be a more well-rounded team rather than a 
quarterback and nothing else where sure you can make it work you know you can if you have a good enough quarterback you can go fairly far you can make it to the playoffs but if you don't have the entire foundation you're not going to be a potential championship team in the future and obviously that's Miami's aspirations that's why they hired Brian Flores because they want to take that Patriots model they want to have the entire team built well on all sides of the ball that's why the Patriots are so successful for so many years so I think you accomplish that by staying where you are and not trading up all right one last scenario then we'll jump out of here for the day what if the Raiders trade up to number two so you figure that while well, they couldn't get number one you figured Joe Burrow's going to go one the Raiders trading up that far yeah, they could take Trace Young, uh, not uh, Trace, Ch- Chase Young, or odds are rumors coming out of Las Vegas, they want Tua. So now what do you do as Miami? Do you go to, do you go back to Cincinnati and say, yeah, we're not going to get a quarterback we need unless we're playing for Trevor Lawrence. I guess they could play for Trevor Lawrence this year, though they didn't seem to, they were tanking for Tua this year, and that didn't work out so well. Here they are at number five instead of at number two or one. Yeah. And, you know, I think for a long time there was so much talk about Tua's their guy, Tua's their guy, Tua's their guy. But interestingly, when the process started, when Tua was still rehabbing, that guy out of Oregon, Justin Herbert, he went to the Senior Bowl, everyone you talked to said incredible he won mvp honors at the week coincidentally miami the quarterback they did the most background work on through this draft process justin herbert you're now hearing reports that miami isn't even really talking as much about moving up because they see it as if two is there great if not justin herbert's there a guy that they seem to really love and even if herbert they can pass on there's also been talk about how miami's front office there's some division on it But Jordan Love, a guy who has Patrick Mahomes' potential, which is a huge, huge ceiling. It's going to take him a lot to get there, and he might not ever do it, but they can get him in that. They could get him with the 18th pick, potentially, or they can trade up to number 12. There's enough options there in this draft class where Miami could stay put and seemingly be happy with the quarterback they take. Or if Tua and Burrow are both gone and they decide, you know what, Herbert, we like him but it's just not enough. Build that foundation, have a strong offensive line, playmakers on the offense, top receiving talent, a great running back. And then next year, when they still have plenty of draft picks, let's go up and get Mr. Trevor Lawrence, or let's go and get Ohio State's Justin Fields, who's rising up draft boards. One of them or another, we plug them in. Our team's ready to skyrocket in 2021 with a guy who can be a rookie of the year and potentially a pro bowl player with all the talent they put around him because of their 2020 draft. So every year I lied, I'm getting a second win. So I got one final question every year. There's always somebody that falls and I'm going to assume it's a quarterback this year of the top four quarterbacks, which are Tua, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, we got, uh, Justin, uh, Herbert and, uh, and Jordan love, which one, if you had to predict, will fall into the 20s or even into the second round? You know, I think a lot of people would tell you it's Jordan Love because there's a lot of risks there. But I'm going to say, after praising Justin Herbert, that it still might be him. 
because we're also talking about upside and Herbert's upside. There's just, there's not a whole lot there. He can be a very good quarterback, but NFL teams want greatness. They want a guy who, Hey, he could potentially be our Super Bowl MVP. Jordan Love, there's more risk, but he's got more upside than Herbert. To attack of Iloa, there's the injury risk, but he's firmly planted as a top three pick. So I think if it's going to be anyone, it could be Justin Herbert. Maybe, especially, you know, that 15 to 25 range, potentially. NFL, reckless speculation. It's in the book. It's TC, everybody. I'll see you in the emergency room. Smartphones have made it easier than ever to capture the moments that matter most in our lives. But all too often, those memories end up stuck on our devices or in the cloud. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA in our solar-powered facility, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. They also make thoughtful gifts. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 in your cart to get 15% off your order. Focus on moments that matter with Fracture Glass Prints.